UMGoBlue.com. By fans, for fans. Since 1999. Hello, welcome to this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with... Andy Anderson. And camp has begun for Michigan football. So, the good news is... News has started to, to come out from camp, so we can uh, get past silly season. No more dissecting what the coaches have said during media day and what opposing coaches have said during media day. Uh, we would be remiss, however, if we didn't begin with the uh, the mess in Columbus, uh, since we spent so much time on it on the lot, on the last podcast. So. Andy, the the last the latest news out of Columbus is that Michigan or Ohio State. Sorry, I'm getting my my Big Ten scandal schools mixed up, but my my bad. Um, so latest from Ohio State is that they have put together a a blue ribbon panel. Of course, I'm sure they wouldn't say blue ribbon being down there. They have put together an all star panel that will evaluate and investigate and report back uh, in, in over the next two weeks. So uh, I guess you know we'll, we'll be waiting with bated breath. Um, I'm sure that they're going to use all their resources at their disposal to get to the bottom, to clear Urban Meyer, I mean to investigate Urban Meyer. And uh, I'm sure that, I'm sure it will be very similar to the way that, uh, you know, that O.J. Simpson is, is looking for the real killers. You know, I, I'm sure that we're going to see just as much enthusiasm. Um, so, Andy, what are your thoughts on uh, on the whitewashing in Columbus? I mean, what's going on in Columbus? Well, I think it is a whitewashing. They pick people that definitely uh, have an Ohio State bent. It's not an independent panel by any means that I can see. But I and I think it's I think that they, they've uh, arrived at the conclusions before they have the invest, investigation. As we mentioned before, most of the Ohio fans just don't simply just don't give a damn. They don't care, except that he has beaten Michigan six times in a row and stuff like that. They don't care about the morality of the program or anything on that order, so I fully expect a whitewashing, and if I had to put a percentage on it, I'd say it's, uh, he goes 20% and he stays 80% right now. That's the way I'd have to, I'd have to look at that. But I don't care whether he goes or stays. If he stays, I want to beat the crap out of him this year and give him what he deserves. Uh, and in that respect, I kind of hope he stays. But it would be nice to see that Ohio State could go back to uh, the earlier eras when they once didn't go to a bowl game because the academic people wouldn't let them. I'd like to see that regime have a little power there. Uh, now, and it certainly doesn't seem to. Well, you know, it's really sad when the good old days of Ohio State football are when coaches beat on players and not their wives. So, That's right. You know, and again, it's just, it, it, it's what a joke, and, it, and it's really sad. Um, you know, they, they had a rally uh, down at the horseshoe, and, and, you know, I guess if there's any any consolation you know, they had 100 people show up. Now, 100 people, you know, you can look at it two ways. There's 100 people who are crazy and, and crazy zealots and are willing to ignore what happened, or that there's only 100 people. 
Um, you know, I mean, I guess, you know, maybe the fast food restaurants weren't able to, to close that day and or uh, the truck drivers couldn't get the day off, but uh, I, I was surprised that it was only 100 people. And again, it, it was 100, you know, very zealot, crazy people. Um, but, you know, stepping back from the joking, um, you know, there are the there are the zealots among, you know, all, all teams. You know, Michigan definitely, unfortunately, has them. I mean, there are still people who make excuses for Steve Fisher. There are still people who make excuses for Chris Webber. I mean, look at We're even having Chris Webber as an honorary captain, which I think is an absolute joke. So there are people willing to look past transgressions and only see, uh, you know, their team. So, uh, unfortunately, it, it, it's all over the place. But, um, you know, what's happening, you know, what Urban Meyer looked past is, is really, really sad. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's too bad. Uh, I agree with you. Part of me hopes that he does come back because I, I don't want an excuse. You know, you hear from the Ohio State people that, the last time one of their coaches uh, left in disgrace, um, boy, that, that's a pattern down there, isn't it? The last yeah, time that the last yeah, the, exactly. I mean, the last time when Ohio when they lost that year, they blame it on on the gap year between Trestle and and Urban Meyer. You know, and I'm wondering, does Luke Fickle have like a special clause in his contract that whenever an Ohio State coach gets in trouble, he can just step in? Is it kind of like break glass to to have a coach? Um, but again, it is it, it, it you know, and, and I've I've read this for various people online. It it really makes you uh, it, oh, okay. It makes me you know I I, I won't speak for you, Andy. It, it kind of makes me dislike fandom in general because you know that there are a lot of people for all teams who are willing to make excuses for their coaches or their players and and it's unseemly and you know I, I've heard people you know Ohio State fans take cracks and say well you know whatever Urban Meyer's defense was it's no worse than what Brendan Gibbons said and you know there's a big difference Brendan Gibbons uh, you know when everything came out um, you know, he never played another game for Michigan. You know, he didn't go on the bowl trip. His career was over. And, you know, they didn't throw a rally for him. And, and again, it's just there's a, there's a line that you, that you don't cross. Um, and, and, again, I, I'm glad that we have the real season coming. Um, you know, the, 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 uh, the real investigation will, will clear, and, and we'll, we'll get back to what's happening on the gridiron. Hopefully, Urban will have learned his lesson to uh, to hide things better or to uh, take care of things in a in an honorable way. But but we will see. So, uh, moving on to football. Well, it's, it's no skin off my nose. No matter which way it goes, like I said, I just want to see Michigan beat them. And the closer we get to the the, the season starting in Notre Dame the more happy I am about it and the more I think Michigan's got some good chances and those chances are anchored in a real stern defense that's coming up I don't think that defense there's no joke about it they got depth in the in the defensive line uh, their weakness last year was safeties and I think they've reviewed what they were doing in the protection for the slots and that'll be improved so I see I see defense defensive improvement coming there. 
offensively we might have the we might have uh, them disguising their formations a lot better and not being so predictable uh, you know that they're still married to the pro set but there could be some uh, run pass option going because of our new quarterback and uh, that's going to be good so it's pretty easy without a lot of Kool-Aid to get a pretty enthusiastic view of this season, even though all the tough games are away. And Penn State, Michigan State, uh, and Ohio State are all ranked above Michigan this year. Michigan is ranked 14th in the country. And I think that's kind of a slap in Michigan's face, and I think that this is something that uh, Michigan ought to have a little chip on its shoulder. Well, I think they Andy, I'll tell you what, after, after what we saw last season, I think it's a gift. You know, <laughs> I, no, and, I, and I'm being honest. I mean, I, we've talked about this before, that one of the things that I think we've seen is that, you know, in the first couple of years of Harbaugh's tenure here, he was given the benefit of the doubt. And I think that, that that credit line or that benefit is gone after what we've seen, you know, at the end of the season before last and, and last year. Um, uh, and again, I mean, you know, hopefully it's motivation. You know, I really hope that the players are motivated just to, to make up for last season. You know, the nice thing about Michigan's schedule is if you win, the rankings will take care of themselves, okay? That's right. And, and I think that's, right. that's one of the nice things about you know, I'm not a big fan of, fan of the Big Ten championship game, but again, if you get to the Big Ten championship game, something Michigan has never done, if you get there and you and you win or you play respectively, you're going to end up ranked well at the end. Um, now, you're going to have to probably win that game to get into the college football playoff, but again, considering where Michigan's been the last, oh, ten years, um, you know, again, let's just get to the Big Ten Championship game. We'll worry about it when we get there. You know, again, um, playing Notre Dame, playing Ohio State, playing Michigan State, playing Penn State, you, if you win, you will, you, the rankings will take care of themselves. And if you don't, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter where the rankings are. So I think the, the big thing to, you know, that I'm excited about is, you know, the announcement has come down that, that game day is going to be at, at the Michigan Notre Dame. You know, down in South Bend, it shows that that people still care about Michigan Notre Dame, and you know I, I'm excited about it. Um, you know, another thing that you know you're talking about things to be excited about. Um, you know, Michigan had had four players, uh, you know, ranked in ESPN's top 50. Um, you know, three I have no doubt about: Devin Bush, Chase Winovich, and Rashawn Gary. Um, they're giving uh, Shea Patterson the benefit of the doubt. So, so we will see about that. And again, I, I hope it's true. Um, but I, I'm really at the point now with where with quarterback play that you know, show it to me, show me, show me what's happening. Um, you know, we're, we're hearing good things from camp, and you know, we always hear good things from camp. Um, but you're just hearing from the coaches; you're not seeing them. Well, that's my point. Is is but Andy, that's my point. Is that we always hear. Everything's always great in honky dory, and, and again, I mean, I don't, I don't want to say that the, that the coaches are being disingenuous or the players are being disingenuous. It's just this They're is the time of year. Well, this is the time of year that everybody looks great, you know. And it's interesting because you know John Bacon made a really great point 
uh, reporting from the Big Ten meetings, you know, every team looked great in the weight room. Every team won the off season. Every team is excited to start the season. And, and again, it, it's it's a script. It is a, you know, here's the here's what here's the template for what you say. And again, it's all hot air. And the great news is that we're on the countdown to the season. And, um, you know, we're going to have some, some really good things to dissect soon. Uh, you know, uh, another, uh, another development, I guess, is that, you know, uh, tight end Tyrone Wheatley has left the program. Um, too bad. You know, he's, I think he had some bad luck. He was dinged up. And I, I think he's taken a chance to, to, you know, get a clean slate because we know, you know, Michigan's pretty stacked at tight end. So, uh, again, wish him the best. You know, not completely surprising considering you know his dad was a coach and left the program. So, um, the injury didn't help his development any any last year either. So he has been injured. But I, I wish him the best of luck wherever he goes. He carries a great Michigan name, and I hope he uh, does well. But you can see that he was third on the list. Um, McKean and Gentry both were uh, uh, were both ahead of him. No question about it. And um, I can understand why he's a little restive and, and sees that, that that tight end room is full. There's talent coming up from below, and the talent ahead of him has matured. And I can understand why he did what he did, and I wish him well. And like you said, he's got to make the, the best decision for him. Um, you know, again, he, he transferred to Stony Brook, which is not exactly an elite program, but he'll be able to play right away. And I'm sure it's a situation where he wants to, you know, first of all, play and, you know, probably get enough tape to hopefully make, uh, you know, uh, have a chance to try to, you know, get in the NFL draft and, and go on and, and continue playing. So, let's, let's talk about let's talk about those four guys that are in the top fifty a little more though. Uh, you you talked uh, about Patterson, and I I agree with your opinion there. But uh, Rashawn Gary, uh, I I still get emails that that say what does Rashawn Gary do? The people ignore the statistics. He doesn't seem to be uh, taking games over. And I think this might be a year where Rashawn Gary really shines and where he comes to the fore and reminds people that he was a five-star recruit and he's one of the best in the country. The guy on the other end, Chase Winovich, is probably the best interview on that team, I think. Uh, I remember when he was, a couple of years ago, when he was just delighted that he was getting some playing time, felt that he didn't deserve it, was just glad it was there and hoped to continue, and he certainly has. He has developed into a, a real football player and maybe one of the two best defensive ends in the country this year. So those guys, uh, it's going to be fun to watch them and see how they go. Bush is probably one of the best linebackers in the Big Ten, if not in the country, and his partner Hudson is going to be one. And the third guy is likely to be James Ross or Devin Gill, and right now the nod of the head has to go to Gill. So it's going to be an interesting year, uh, as interesting year. If, if you have tickets out there that you're trying to sell, you ought to be able to sell them this year uh, rather than give them away. 
because it's going to be a heck of a year. You know, I laugh when everybody, whenever I hear the criticism of Rashawn Gary. Um, now, because, <laughs> you know, I, I, and Andy, we talk about this. I mean, to break the tape down, and I spent the whole offseason watching game after game and unfortunately collapse after collapse there at the end. And, and I think the biggest knock that I would say in breaking down tape on Gary is that, um, he, he okay, so people say, well, he's not a force on every play. You know, he was double teamed a lot, um, and, and that that opens up opportunities for other players. Um, it, it's, it, you know, again, they don't run in him every play. Um, he, he's good speed. I think if there's any knock that I'd say is that I don't want to say he takes plays off because I think that's a little too brutal of a of a uh, of a criticism. I think that you know uh, you know Don Brown loves to to say that you know the, his guys go 110 percent every play and they're always just attacking. You know, uh, solve your problems with aggression. And there are are when I break down the tape of, of Gary, especially at the end of the season. Um, he wasn't as aggressive um, on all plays, okay? And, you know, again, you wonder, um, you know, is that a thing of getting dinged up? Um, you know, Michigan switched up their strength and conditioning coach. It was, well, what we saw from him was that uh, him getting wore down, you know, small little dings, injuries. Was that him getting wore down, maybe not having the strength? Or was that just, you know, it's, um, you know, some of the players talked about this at the Big Ten meeting. You know, at a certain point when you lose, you know, you, you, when you go to Michigan, you don't expect to lose that many games. You, you become numb to it. And uh, definitely when I was, definitely when I was at the bowl game, um, when I was at the bowl game, as that game went south, the, you looked at some of the players and they had that thousand-yard stare where they were just, just wanted to get through the game and, and get out of there. So... Zordich had some comments. Coach, the coach, uh, the defensive backfield had some uh, comments on that recently. And what he said is, that, and they've been working on it a lot, is that they had lapses last year, especially when the game counted. They made mistakes, that and they're working against that kind of stuff now. They've been working hard real hard against eliminating those late game lapses and I think that's going to help I think Zordish, what Zordish made maybe what I uh, when I tell about what Zordish said that it doesn't make much sense to you but when he said it, it did make a whole lot of sense that those lapses can be avoided and they can be coached against and, and trained against and that's one of the things that they're doing and I'm happy to hear that well, you know, the big thing that, that you know, and, and it's, a, it's a broken record, right? But the reality is is that the defense was great last year. The defense did its job well enough that if the offense was competent, you know, you'd have a totally different, you know, season. So, Absolutely. So for me, you know, and again, it's great that, the, you know, I don't expect the defense to throw the offense underneath the bus you know, Don Brown, you know, said repeatedly last year, they're all one team, we're all picking each other up. But the reality is, is that, you know, if the defense comes back and plays just as well last year, or next this year as they did last year, I'm fine with it. 
The yeah, well, they got a whole Well, they got a whole what's what's wrong too. Anything can be improved, and they're working on it. And uh, they're working on improving the diamond. You know, they're recutting the diamond, and that's all good. You know, yeah, but again, the, the biggest improvement and, needs and to happen. The, de the defense did have some curious lapses that hurt in games, and they weren't helped by the offense. The offense couldn't move the chains. They couldn't get a first down when they needed it. They were getting people hurt and sacked at the quarterback position all the time, tackles for losses. All that went wrong. But that doesn't mean that the defense can't improve a little bit, and, and hopefully it will. Okay, but again, my point is that the defense maybe can improve a couple percent, and even if the defense improves, you know, a mythical five or ten percent, if the off if the offense is as bad as last year, it's not going to matter. The that's offense, true. the that, offense has true. the largest gap that needs to be close, and, and that's that's yeah, true. I mean, and I guess right. that's my frustration is if we look back over the last three years, you know. Imagine shudder if the defense hadn't been as good as it is. So, well, so no, there's no, there's no argument there. I agree with that a hundred percent. The offense wasn't good enough to win last year, but the defense did have late game lapses. Part of it because they get so tired, the offense couldn't move the ball. I give you that. But the safety play last year, they couldn't control a slot receiver. All that should be improved, and I think. According to what Zordich is saying, they're working on it. And that's like, I'm happy about that. Yep. And again, uh, I just, uh, I, I can't get past how bad the offense has been the last two years. You know, the, yeah, the well, last, no... the, all last year and the previous three or four games of the season before. So I guess, you know, I, I uh, you know, when I look, I again, when I look how good the defense was, I can live. I can live with the defense. You know what? I and again, this sounds bad, but you know what? I can live with the defense even losing a percent or two. But you know, and again, I'm, I'm, you know, again, there, there are feelings and statistics. You know, and I always like to look up the stats. Okay, so um, you know, when you go through, I mean, the the offense was. Biblically bad. I mean, epically bad. Okay. And Absolutely. Nobody, nobody can argue that for a minute that that is not true. So, and I don't argue that. Yeah. All I'm saying is that they led in the last three games they played at one point in time, and they, and they didn't maintain it. Part of the reason, a great part of it, is that the offense had failure. The other part is they couldn't. They had these lapses that George is talking about. And special teams too. We we when we're kicking the offense around, we should kick them around a little because they they let out some plays that uh, hurt. Uh, you know, maybe not last year, but the year before, uh, especially. And so I'm hopeful for some improvement there. I think that the punting will be better this year because uh, they have two fairly experienced guys now. And so they ought to be better. And if they can suppress returns, wonderful. If they can score, I'd like to see the uh, special team score once in a while. So, Andy, 
I'm not done kicking the offense yet, okay? So, so, so just understand, okay? The offense was 105 out of 129 in the nation last year. I mean, that's, that's so embarrassing. I, I don't even know where to start. So, yet again, I, I, it, it amazes and, and that me. And that was horribly disappointing because I didn't think that Harbaugh looked good in the offense he presented last year. Uh, they weren't aware of a lot of things on field. They made stupid mistakes when they shouldn't be making stupid mistakes. Uh, other teams said after the season that they knew every play Michigan was going to run. Uh, that kind of thing. Their running game couldn't get short yardage when you needed it sometimes. And the passing game was non-existent. You can't do That has to change. But I'm of the opinion that it's going to change because I don't think Harbaugh is that bad a coach that that's going to go on. I think he took a good look at himself and what he was doing, and I think he'll apply more pressure where it should be applied. Changing coaches helped. The new the new offensive line coach with a so-called simplified system may be an answer, and the receivers are going to know are going to know what the routes are and not quit on them this year. So. Uh, I, I expect good things. I expect that that, uh, that that offensive line will come up to at least an average Big Ten line. And they had been below average the last year. They were below average. I think they'll come up at least average. You put a quarterback with that, maybe, and that defense, maybe you've got a good mix. Yeah, well, and again, I mean, just to, to put it in perspective, the defense was third last year, and you know, basically just behind Alabama and Wisconsin, and ahead of Clemson. So, you know, and again, I don't like to, to you know be the the numbers guy. You know, if, if the if the defense can stay in the top ten, awesome, rock on. But if we don't see the offense, you know, become competent, um, and and I guess that's the thing that stinks is that we're really not going to know. Until halfway through Notre Dame, you know. I mean, that's the thing. You know, all we're going to hear about is is from camp. Everything is wonderful, and I, you know, the thing that I that I hope for at this point is this no no huge injuries, right? And I think that's the that's kind of where I am at camp right now. Is just nobody get hurt, you know. You bet. You bet. You want to be throwing opportunity at Notre Dame and show. To show how good they are and to show that things have improved, but you got to remember that you got a quarterback there that's not played for Michigan before in front of a crowd. That'll be a hypercharged crowd. It's a nasty little stadium for people to play in, for opponents to play in. They have a good record there. They're going to be ready for the game, and it's going to be a real test. I hope Michigan can win it, but if they don't, I hope that at least the offense looks good and that they score some points, get some touchdowns. What they had last year, seven touchdowns through the air, amazing. Yeah. So um, I think that's going to do it for this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. Um, we, will, we will be back soon as news comes out of camp. Um, and uh, Go Blue.
Thank you for listening to the UMGoBlue.com podcast. All rights reserved. Search for UMGoBlue.com on iTunes. Go Blue.